Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Arpel Gary at Partscaster Concierge. Gary offers custom designed Partscaster style builds and bodies catering to upscale DIY builders. Concierge services are included with every project to ensure every build is perfectly tailored. Gary can assist with design concepts, electronic configurations, hardware selections, and everything in between. Now, every DIY builder is working at a different knowledge or skill level, so Gary offers these services on an as-needed basis, so he can be as involved in your build as you need him to be with help sourcing parts or even advice during your finishing or assembly phases. Gary offers flat top, contoured or edge routed bodies for bolt on necks, as well as custom pick guards, necks, pre setups and other parts and services through builders and guitar techs within Gary's ever growing network. So if you're on the hunt for a sick custom parts caster project, check out at Partscaster Concierge on social media or partscasterconcierge.com. and sweet talking the almighty it's an awesome episode of the culture guitars my name is anatomically pleasing al with me <laughs> is my stalwart companion calm and collected casper and our guest this week is seriously smart shay from woodbine guitars i, I prefer smooth but yeah <laughs> well i mean Nobody gets to pick the nicknames, man. <laughs> Seriously, okay. smooth, Shay. All that right. is, oh, I'm, I break, I'm that. breaking rules yeah, yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, well, we can we can give you we can give you we can repurpose it. We'll amend it. We'll amend yeah. it. Seriously, smooth. Oh, Shay. There you go. There we go. There, yeah. It's it's fixed. <laughs> all right well yeah thank you guys uh so much for having me it's an honor I've been I've been listening to the show for uh, I think I discovered you guys a little over a year ago now. Oh, so, thanks, man. We appreciate uh, the support. That's, that's awesome. Cool. That's we're hearing that a little more and more lately, and that's yeah. always kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's always not even just kind of awesome. That's awesome. It's very <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I dig. I dig. Kind of like you know, just from looking at other episodes. I mean, you're 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 going after new things that are coming up, which is you know, we all know the old stories of Gibson and Fender and whatnot. So um, yeah, that's... you know, it's cool to hear. <laughs> origin stories of new builders and new pedal makers and all that so yeah right on well thanks man. thanks man yeah it would be kind of boring to once again talk about how awesome ted mccarty is and hey did you know leo invented the first popular mass-produced solid body guitar yeah and, oh my god do you know the last you guys, you last week that jimmy hendrix guy he was he was really good at guitar yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean last week we did have uh, an sg um off again well you know yeah with uh with eric merrow i just i just noticed that episode and uh i didn't have time to check it out before we got into this right. but i definitely will yeah, that, one that, too. that one too yeah yeah we, did no, that one too. we, we got our paws on a 63 uh uh sg jr mm-hmm. so last week we made a whole episode around playing around with that and comparing it to our sgs really just a further excuse to talk about sgs, uh, SGs some more <laughs> yeah well um, I'm sure you guys, if you've checked out my Instagram, you know that I am I am a fan. They're they're probably oh, yeah. if I had to pick a desert island guitar, it would probably be an SG. Oh yeah, no, I we, we took note. We're, yes, indeed. There, there was a, <laughs> there was certainly something that drew us to you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, 
Yeah, we, well, we know, man. It's it's. <laughs> yeah. Let's fire. Let's fire into it. Uh, yeah, Casper Dasper. Mm. Um, you know, like I call you that all the time. If you I, have I'm, a permanent nickname from me, it's Casper Dasper. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, you got anything you've been up to this week, guitar and or music related? I know it's only been a few days since we last. Yeah, recorded, you know what? But, um, um, just do, do Casper then uh, then Shay. Then oh, me, sorry. Yeah, yeah. My bad. No. <laughs> you can go first if you'd like. Yeah, if you want no, to, so Shay. Uh, no, no, no. Well, sir, I'm just this is my first podcast, so I'm just uh, <laughs> it's all good, just man. acclimating to how it no, works. You know, so you yeah, know no, go ahead. Listen, let's let's just take a moment to appreciate the fact that you're talking. You're interrupting. You're being one of the guys. Yep. A lot of times we literally have to stop the show and be like, dude, you're being way too polite. Just get in there, man. Like, yeah, so you're doing good. People often, uh, we, Casper and I never shut up. So if you don't interrupt us, you, you might not get a word in edgewise. So it's, it's all is, good. That is true. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But music and or guitar related this week on my plate, not a lot. Um, we probably should have led with Shay. Um, so the SG, your SG is still sitting exactly where I put it down. That's true. Yeah. Like five days ago. Looking when, glorious over there. It is pretty. It is pretty. Um, I am still kind of reeling from last week's experience of getting to play that at 63 Junior and and really feeling out all the little nuances between the three guitars. It was it was a great, cool great guitar. time. It was a great I, time. I have to, I'm meeting up with Connor today. After You still have it? Yeah, I'm giving it back today. Can't believe you didn't bring it here. <laughs> Again, surprisingly enough, I'm trying to travel as little as possible with the uh, vintage guitar I don't own. Mm. Well, and it's like hotter than Hades out right now. Yeah, it's pretty. Cool. It's like Thirty-five yeah. out there or something like that. I watched this thirty, but in the sun it's probably it thirty-seven or something. Silly. That's uh, that's in Celsius for all of our our uh, Freedom Unit listeners down in the states, <laughs> which is probably something like a thousand or. I had something. You know, I, I never figured out the Fahrenheit. I system. can't figure it, it out. It makes either. no sense. Water boils at like plus thirty or something like that. I don't know. No, it freezes, I didn't even know. It freezes that. at thirty plus degrees Fahrenheit. Thirty-two degrees or something. Anyways, it's confusing. On the Weather Network podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, so you guys, you guys are from uh, Vernon, right? So yeah, I mean, hmm. you're like you're like an hour away from me, pretty much. Yep. I was uh, I was just in Kamloops. Kamloops. Uh, I was just in Kamloops not even a week ago, um, picking up a tire actually from another. Uh, previous guest on the show, Craig C. Jones. A tiger. A ti- not a tiger. That would tiger. be sick, but no. Okay. <laughs> you guys doing a Tiger King series too? Little known what? fact, Casper's actually a champion prize fighter. Yeah. He, money really went to his head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My friend Nick Cage said I had to own a tiger. <laughs> Nick, well, I had to buy you, it. Don't, you don't say no to Nick Cage. No, that's right. Nick Cage tells you to do something, you do it. Honestly, I probably would. I, oh, yeah, he, you kind of got to look at it even read scripts before he says yes to the movies. <laughs> the amount of money he owes in taxes and stuff, I don't think he can. I don't think he's able to. That's that's really honestly the truth. His agent's like, here's a movie, go do it. <laughs> Listen, bro, it's jail or kiss, kiss, bang, bang, eight. What do you want to do? <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, no, I was picking up a, a Jeep rim and tire from a previous guest, Craig C. Jones. He wrote the book on uh, Attila Below and Odyssey Guitars. And so uh, it was funny that it popped up on Facebook Marketplace that he had this rim that I needed. And well, so, yeah, what a, a cool coincidence! Of it. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I needed a fifth wheel for uh, for a previous model Jeep Wrangler. So, and he just so happened to have one that had a slash tire. It was perfect. Um, yeah. 
So that's what I was out in Kamloops for. Um, didn't get a chance to go to Long and McQuaid or any of the cool other or woodbine guitars. Or woodbine guitars, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you no, know, you guys could have stuff. I honestly, next next time you're in town, uh, hit me up. Cool. Really shouldn't have made that offer, nope. my friend. <laughs> no, <Nope. laughs> it's come. not that impressive. To be, to be completely honest, um, you, you know there is a there is a level of pander that Al cannot help himself from, <laughs> and he's just a, he's an expert. He's an expert at it. It's also called being friendly. I know. <laughs> um, Anyways, um, so that's. But thank you. I, we will. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. That's yeah. that'd be a, that'd be super killer. Um, and it's gonna come up. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up a guitar later that I'd like to play if if we get the chance while we're there. Okay. I um, have <laughs> currently I have no woodbine guitars. I've got. Uh, I'm working on a build for the uh, the guitarist from the band The Ocean out of Germany. And it's uh, almost done, but um, as soon as it gets done, it's going to be going to Vancouver. So I kind of I do the cutting out and the CNC work here in Kamloops, but the other two thirds of the build uh, they're done in Vancouver, which is where I started doing it originally. But I've I've moved back to Kamloops since then. Cool. Okay, well we'll wait a couple months. Yeah, I mean, stock up a couple. Exactly, you can have one brought back up for whatever reason. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, what about you, Shay? What have you been up to, music and or guitar related? That is not, you know, particularly work. Personally, obviously, you uh, you build um, guitars for a living, so. Um, I mean, I'm learning. I'm learning some Mastodon songs, I guess, when I'm not working. But um, yes, there you go. But um, you know, it's it's kind of owning a business. You kind of don't really get days off. Um, and Monday Mondays are kind of like my Fridays, right? Because um, you know. Business-wise, nothing happens on, on the weekends because everybody's off, right? Like, you're not going to get uh, replies to your emails about parts or whatever. So I kind of get excited for Monday morning because then the wheels start spinning again, right? Um, yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad, um, but that's kind of just the way that, you know, I've been since I started this company. Um, so, yeah, you're pretty much always doing something, um, you know, Around like nine, ten o'clock, maybe I'll, I'll watch some Netflix before I go to bed or something. But um, you know, there's just so much um, things to be done, right? Yep. Fair enough. Yeah, hard to argue with that. Yeah. I, I don't have a lot going on this week either, to be honest. I, it's as of recording this, it hasn't actually been a week since our last episode. Has not. It's it's only been a few days. Um, I have a squire. I'm swapping all the electronics out for a client that's about the extent of my exciting guitar stuff now, I, well i shouldn't say that I, I guess i've had that that uh, that 63 misty jr around my place for a couple of years so that's been nice but oh so you do you do work on guitars as well yeah yeah um i i, I do setups and and basic stuff i i'm not really equipped for doing uh as much work as i'd like to do but there's there's other folks in town that I, I don't want to take work from them. So they, they're doing all the refrets and stuff. I'm just doing the easy stuff. <laughs> um, hmm. Well, that's, that's interesting. Cause I don't, I don't really know a lot of people in the uh, Vernon Lutheran um, uh, community. So no, it's always, it's always good to know, you know, who can do what and where. So yeah, well, um, if, if I can't, uh, if I can't take the job, uh, there's a couple of guys here that I, I recommend mm-hmm. um, and we'll pass on the, pass on the client to. Okay. So, right on. You know. Yeah. 
Um, no, it's always good to know more people, right? Like, um, that's kind of the only reason I've gotten anywhere in this industry is you just, you know, um, you meet people and they introduce you to the other people and you know, you, yeah. you're, 100%. you're going where you need to go. Yeah, exactly. I did. I did run into our pal, um, Trevor, Mr. Cronbauer, Mr. Cronbauer oh. popped into the store. Um, that's amazing. How's he? Yeah, he's doing real well. He's, uh, he says that he's now going to work to get a break from work. Because <laughs> he's uh, he's going hard on the new shop. Yeah. So oh, that's amazing. I'm really excited to to see that. I'm gonna uh, get a guitar in the next couple of years. That'd be so great. <laughs> I'm 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 really excited to see him. You know, put yeah. put uh, put steel to wood again. It, yeah, it'd be it'd be really really great. He's a good guy. Mr. Cronbauer is an excellent excellent man. Yeah. Um. Well, on that note, <clears throat> let's fire into it, shall we? Yeah. Let's do it. You know. So, Shay. We, we, we kind of put all our guests through this one. At yeah. Least, I think most of them anyway. But, uh, you know, how, how did Woodbine get started? Give us the, give us the origin story of how you got <laughs> where you are. Um, okay, it's kind of a long one. Um, we got time. I guess it kind of started in grade eight when I started playing guitar. Um, and, <coughs> excuse me. Um, got into woodworking like we all have to do in eighth grade. Right. And, um, you know, just started playing guitar and, uh, on the wall of the wood shop, there was like a Les Paul body. Right. And, um, I asked the teacher about that. I was like, well, that's really cool. Like, can I do one of those? And he's like, no, that's, that's a grade 12 project. And I was in grade eight. Right. So, so no go there, but that's kind of like, you know, when I first realized like, Oh, you can just make a guitar. Like, you know, I never really, you know, just being that age, I didn't know. I knew new guitars were made out of wood, but I didn't know anything about, you know, how it was done or, you know, I thought big machines just spit them out or something. <laughs> I didn't know that like, no, you buy wood and you can cut it and use these hand tools and whatnot and you can make guitars. So that was kind of the first time, um, ever became aware of like just the idea of building your own guitars right um so that was like eighth grade um and uh closer closer to the end end of high school as i got better at guitar um i started researching how to build your own guitars i, I was would follow this forum called projectguitar.com and uh people just do t- tutorials or they just put um you know, just like progress pictures of builds they're working on. So, um, you know, before I even had any tools or even tried or anything, I had a, you know, just from spending hours on this website, kind of like watching build processes that kind of gave me a good idea of how it works. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, around 17, I, I kind of dip my toes into it a little bit. I bought, um, I bought like an SG um, router template sets and a piece of mahogany. And then with my dad, we tried to cut it out in the garage. We we, we used a a scroll saw, I think it was, or no, it was, what was it? Um, A jigsaw to try to cut through two inches of mahogany and ended up just like burning the saw out. And uh, I kind of just realized like, we don't have the right tools for this. Um, you know, it was really cool that he was willing to help me, but 
um, we just weren't set up for it a hundred percent. Um, and you know, I just graduated high school at that point. So, you know, no, no job yet. And I, I just realized I didn't have the money for, you know, around 10 grand of tools to, to make an honest go at it. Right. So I kind of just, um, put it on my back burner and said, one day I'll get into guitar building. And, uh, yeah. So a few years later, um, actually I broke my ankle, um, really bad. It looked like a Florida orange was inside my ankle. It was, uh, yeah, it was pretty gruesome. Um, so I was, uh, laid up in bed for like a good two months almost before I could even put the air cast on and move around. Right. Um, so in those two months, um, like the year prior, I'd been studying the stock market a lot and, um, doing some like, I set up some trade accounts without real money and it's, it like lets you do it except for it's not for it'll, it monitors your, your buying just like they were like it was real stocks, but it's, there's no money involved. So it's just a good way to, um, it's like stocks training wheels. Yes, exactly. Yep. So I did that for a whole year and I got pretty good at it and I was showing my parents. And so my ankle's broken. I've got nothing to do for two months. And somehow I convinced them to let me, to let me, uh, trade their, all their savings in stocks. Um, somehow and, uh, worked really good. I'd day trade and I'd make enough money in a day to buy like a nice guitar. Like I bought, um, it's this uh, Gibson guitar of the week. Uh, they call it like the SG blade or whatever. It had like three single you, coil. The SG3, we were just we were talking about just this. Talking about that. Last yeah. Week. Oh my God. I bought, I, I, I'm up there in their computer office with my, with my leg and my cast on the desk. And you know, they had me on painkillers because it was brutally painful. So I wasn't like, so, I wasn't let me guess, there. so let me let, let me let me get this straight. You day traded enough into the two and maybe three thousand dollar mark a day. Yeah, high on pain meds. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And um, yeah, and they they felt really bad for me because this injury was was like I said really gruesome. Um, so they were just like letting me keep the winnings. Um, and I was just buying guitars. Um. And I, I only did it like a couple times. Um, and then I convinced them to let me, I, I found this junior mining stock that I thought was really promising and it was at a really good price. Um, so I bought it, I, everything they had, I put into it and, uh, went up slightly and then it tanked and, uh, like there, I lost about 90% of their money. <laughs> laughing now but it wasn't uh it wasn't funny when it happened right no, and no doubt uh, i had just i had just moved out prior to it tanking so um probably didn't have to see how pissed off they were but um sorry gonna mind my language how, how upset they were um this is this story has been like completely unpredictable at every point we like i thought we were pretty on track for guitar building yeah we started off in grade eight but now we're day trading well, then. <laughs> yeah well so okay so move out um 
to Vancouver and uh, the stock is basically in the toilet for six months and uh, I get a job. I'm working at a music store um, and then get a phone call from my mom one day saying like, have you been doing anything with that account? And I'm like, uh, no, I haven't looked in six months. The stock had turned around and just like went up parabolically. Um, nice. Um, a bunch. So they, they sold and they were able to pay their mortgage off and had a bunch left over. Um, and they wanted me to continue trading. Right. They thought I was good at it. It was just luck, man. I thought I knew what I was doing and I guess it worked out at the end, but like thinking back, I was, shouldn't have been doing that. But, um, long story short, they had some leftover. They wanted me to continue trading. And I had been looking at these CNC guitar courses on a Vancouver Island at, uh, summit school of uh, guitar building and repair and um, not exactly cheap courses, but like world renowned school. I had the money. Uh, so I decided to spend it on that. And that's kind of where the journey got going. So you attend summit, you get done, you found Woodbine. Not exactly. So I won't mention the name, but as soon as I graduated summit, um, I got a job at a local um, guitar manufacturer here in Kamloops. Um, and I did that for about six months and uh, six, uh, yeah, about six months and uh, just did not get along with the owner. Um, I'm not going to slander on here or anything, but just didn't see eye to eye. Um, you know, I guess it caught winds to management that, I was talking to some of the other employees about starting my own company and potentially getting them to jump ship with me. And I get, I guess that went up the grapevine and I got, I got let go because of that. <laughs> I mean, so, I have, I have my theories. Yep. I, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think pirates, pirates call that mutiny. No, <laughs> that, no, 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 that's Ka- the Kaspar Navy. Calls sitting here like, we're pretty sure we know exactly what yeah. you're talking about, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're not going to get into that. Yep. Yeah. But, um, no, it was, it was a good experience just to see how, um, certain things are done and certain things were done the wrong way, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, just to see an operation, um, it was only me and like two other guys though. So it was pretty small at the time. Hmm. So what year was that when you left the, that company and, so that was uh, 2013, um, I guess late 2013, going into uh, right before the new year there. Okay. Okay. So is that that's the official start of Woodbine then? Yeah. So I moved back to Vancouver. I kind of kind of this thing going back and forth between. Uh, Kamloops and Vancouver, you know, just being a young person and work and jobs and, you know, it happens. Right. Um, so I moved back to Vancouver, um, work some, was working in a factory, um, or a warehouse, I guess, um, for this company that just sold like military surplus stuff. Um, really nothing I like knew too much or cared too much about. I was just basically, 
um, <clears throat> stocking shelves and um, um, just thinking here, uh, just kind of working on my uh, my desktop um, on lots of different guitar designs and stuff while I was doing that and kind of thinking thinking about a name of the company that I wanted to start. And then um, I was listening to a band called uh, Wind Hand, and they got this song called Woodbine, and it was like one of my favorite songs, and I was just like working at this factory, um, just thinking like, oh man, what am I going to call this guitar company? Like it's, it's going to have something to do with wood, like cause I really want to emphasize, um, you know, the fact that we use really nice woods, and I'm just thinking would this would that I looked down at my uh the song playing on my phone and it's would bind and it was like that light bulb just came on right there it's like that's what I'm calling it cool nice yeah so okay so this is you're in Vancouver you found woodbine now at what point did you uh go back to Kamloops but keep you know kind of this uh multi-city location or business yeah so i i started um <laughs> it's kind of a it's, story gets a little bit more complicated because i i became a father um sort of part way through this and i'm actually a single father I've, I've raised my son uh on my own pretty much since he's he's been one years old and he's he's seven now so good, um good for you man thanks for i you. appreciate it i i've it's, been a single father up until recently for like 11 years so hell yeah yeah no yeah there's yeah. there's nothing i respect more than men that uh step up and yeah. and do what they gotta do right so um i've got yeah. a couple of cats <laughs> <laughs> i've got i've got three teenagers man that trumps your cats <laughs> yeah you you can leave you can leave your cats home listen the one themselves for like a month if they've the got one some food and water pretty sassy okay like, <laughs> <laughs> I was late feeding him and he wouldn't cuddle me for like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. That's rough. That's real yeah. rough. Yeah, man. Good, uh, for, good for you. Sorry to interrupt, but good for you, man. Carry no, on. No worries. Uh, yeah. So, um, as, as great as being a father is, uh, it kind of just, the business kind of just slowed down because, you know, just sorting all that out and, um, you know, getting him and, and custody and all yeah. that. Um, it's uh, everything everything worked out in my favor it's just like for pretty much a year um you know that's all i could focus on like i didn't even didn't didn't do anything with woodbine um at that point so uh yeah that's all good so you is that probably part of the reason you came back to Kamloops? hey yeah so stuff. yeah so i came back to kamloops um started saving immediately for my own cnc because so the first few the first handful of woodbines that ever came out um basically the way i was doing in vancouver is i was doing all the 3d modeling on my computer right um and then there's this factory in vancouver that does oem for a lot of brands so i would do all the all the coding and the 3d modeling and stuff. Right. And then I basically just email the files over to the factory and they, they'd cut out exactly, um, what I'd send to them. Um, 
and then I'd have them paint it by uh, VGF Vancouver Guitar Finishing. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. no, quite a few awesome guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob, Rob and John, they are absolute ninja wizards at what they do. Like they have never, those guys have never let me down. Uh, super, super nice guys, and their their work just speaks for itself. Like if you just look at their Instagram, it's just incredible. But uh, yeah, they would do the painting, and then I've got guy named Paul Iverson, um, musician in the Vancouver music scene for decades now, very well-known guy. Um, he does the setup and the um, final assembly. And uh, I mean, he's worked on, he's worked on um, several uh, amazing guitars. Like he's worked on Jimmy Page's Les Paul before in um, the nineties uh, when plant and page were doing their little tour thing they came to vancouver and he was having some problems with the guitar and it got brought to paul and he fixed it up nice yeah so it's a good uh, good resource to have in your pocket to somebody as skilled as that and as reputable as that so good, like- yeah so basically those three guys and me uh were the company cool it's a good yeah hard to bring out at parties yeah, yeah. You know, like it's one of those. <laughs> like, oh, your 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 brother-in-law got an autograph from Slash. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I worked on Jimmy Page's guitar. So suck it, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think it would be nerve-wracking just holding the thing. Like, you know, yeah. What if you drop it, right? Like, you know. Well, well a normal one's worth about three hundred and fifty thousand. So. <laughs> I mean, dropping Jimmy Page is yes. yeah. probably pushing north of a million, I would think, if it ever went oh, dog changes. I will oh, bet you I think, eight million. I think David Gilmore. Eight million, you think? Oh, yeah. I think David Gilmore's one of his strats, it wasn't even his, like, main one, sold for, like, two million or something at an auction recently. Yeah. Cobain's acoustic went for four and a half million recently. Yeah, that is true. I, yeah, I remember that. So I'm thinking Page's... The SG, his ball. gold top. Which what? is it? The gold top? That one? I seen him play in a gold top. Is that the main one? I think you're drunk, sir. No, his main one's the the fifty nine burst. Oh, like, yeah. like. Well, he he actually had two that were identical. I don't know. A lot of people know that, but um, like the burst, like the the Les Paul that everybody knows. Jim, P, I I think he bought it from um, who was it from uh, the Eagles? Um, um, geez, why is his name? But they're both they're the, both fifty nines, as I recall. Yeah, those yeah, no, they're identical. They're identical. It's just he's got two of them. It's just like one of those Zeppelin facts that not everyone knows. He's got two because just for you know, if one was having problems or something, they could yeah get him the other one on the stage quickly. Yeah, I always thought it was you know like that made sense to me. I always thought it was kind of funny, like Brian May from Queen. Um, you know, his main guitar is obviously. That homemade one. Red special, yeah. I think, is, or whatever it's called. And then for his backup was like the Les Paul standard. It was like, how do you get, <laughs> like, you're, you're Brian May. Like, what? <laughs> how have you not had somebody build you another, you know, up now? Yeah, does, I think but, it was, he, I think he built it. His father built it with them. So I think it's like the sentimental aspect. And, yeah, uh, but I mean, he's had, he's had thousands of different ones built now. Um, but back yeah. through Queen's heyday of the 70s and 80s, his backup was always that Les Paul. And it was just, it was just one of those like odd decisions. 
Because you, you, you can't, you just, there's no way in, in heck uh, a Les Paul standard could ever sound like the Red Special with three burned single coils and that weird wiring that he had going on. And it was, it was yeah. Crazy. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so I guess where were we in the story? Um, we're talking then, about, how, yeah, dropping like pages less. But anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, so eventually. Paul, we're um, talking about Paul. Yeah, so, well, and I, was, I was talking about how originally I would just do the uh, the 3D modeling and have somebody else cut it out on their CNC. But um, when I moved back to Kamloops, I started saving immediately and got my own CNC. And um, that's kind of when things really got rolling, right? Because I didn't have to depend on, on other people's timelines and stuff. I mean, I could, I could go out and have a guitar made in two or three days here if I want, um, rather than having to wait six weeks on somebody else's production schedule. I was really grateful. Um, the time I spent with that company, like they definitely helped me out, but, um, you know, you just always want to be as self-sufficient as you possibly can. Right. And hands on, like I, um, even though the guitars that were being made were like exactly what I had in my head, my head, like I like to be hands on. Right. I like doing the, uh, you know, the grunt work of, uh, you know, planing and jointing the, the blanks and stuff. And, you know, I love doing all that stuff myself and it's, um, not that I really had any problems when they were doing it, but like, you know, the saying, like, if you want it done right, you got to do it yourself. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That, that can also be, I mean, there's two sides to that sword, right? If you want it done right, you have to do it yourself. That can mean the best quality comes from you because you care the most about it or you you know exactly what you need and how you need it done so you can do it that way. Uh, but it can also mean I am doing everything and I'm overworked. Yeah, yeah. So 100%, you're 100% right there, which is um, why I do have the guys um, from VGF and Paul doing the setups um, is because, you know, it's, it's really like being a luthier. I don't know. It's, it's almost like building a house, right? Like you've got, you got plumbers, you've got electricians, you've got framers, you've got, you know, all these Roofers, various, all these things. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, some, some trades might be able to do these other trades kind of, you know, lackluster. Right. Um, so, yeah, I guess what I'm getting at is uh, it's not good to be a jack of all trades. I, I I know there are some builders out there that do everything and they do a great job, but my my strength, I realized, like when I went to Summit, um, I realized my strength was the CNC and the uh, the 3D modeling part of it. So like most of my time was behind a computer at guitar building school. Um, I did paint one guitar but it just didn't come out great at all so i figured it was just best just to spend my time learning what i was good at and uh then finding people to fill in the gaps that's a smart way to go man i i i i think i think that is the weakness a lot of people come up against and don't overcome because knowing your strengths and weaknesses is a huge asset. And, and I think that requires some self-introspection and, and that's not always everybody's strong suit. You know, you can't honestly judge yourself a lot of the time. 
Yeah. And it's, you know, like a lot of it just comes down to time and efficiency, right? Like I know I could, I could finish guitars, do the spraying, right? It's just, you need, it's a quite a heavy investment as far as equipment goes. Like think minimum for the spray booths, they're like 10 grand and that's before you get all the guns and the paint. And it's like, so you got all that stuff. And, and of course you need a place, you know, some kind of um, commercial place to do that in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it depends on your scale. Like I, I, um, I come from a background of commercial and residential painting, uh, mostly commercial. And if you're doing, okay. if you're doing a lot of, uh, heavy spraying, especially with the noxious stuff, then, you know, if that's your bread and butter, then yeah, it's worth the 10 grand to get the, the spray booth with, the uh, with, with the, the downdraft down filtration, and, and, you know, you know, you, you want that stuff cause it's, it's better for you. It's better for your product. If you're doing the occasional thing, I mean, there's, there's poor man's ways of, uh, yeah. And, that, and yeah. And I've thought about that. And I mean, you know, there are very talented, um, guitar finishers out there. Like I've seen this guy on YouTube, uh, his name's Brad Angrove. Maybe you guys should do a podcast with him one time, but, uh, yeah, I've seen him just with like the, uh, the rattle cans get incredible finishes out of those just cause he knows what he's doing. Um, but, uh, you know, what, what it comes down to is it just takes, you know, you got to fail a lot to get good. Like the, the kind of guitars I'm putting out right now are nothing like my first projects from summit. Um, you know, those ones are almost laughable, but like, you gotta, you gotta pay your dues and be really bad at something before you start to get good at it. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Being willing to, being willing to suck is, uh, yeah, I think somebody was, I'm just learning how to do some like video work right now, video editing and stuff. And somebody was telling me, um, you just have to put out a lot of crap. You got to put a lot of crap together. That's not good so that you can learn how to not make crap. And it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. it's really tough yeah. to like to do though. I mean, from a, from a creative standpoint, um, you always want everything to be the best you can do. And when you, when you, it, it can be daunting for some people to see your best, and put it up against somebody else, somebody else's work or to, or to, you know, what you, what you want it to be and to fall short of that like, time and time again, it can be, it can be really tough Yeah, um, until and, you, um, until you get good, you know, and then that's, that's the mark. And of that's, the, that's of the, when you start putting your name on it. The thing about yeah. all the crap is it's, <laughs> there's, there might be some photos of some, some friends or stuff, but um, you know, I would never put the woodbine name on something until I was like, this is perfect. Right. Um, because, you know, I think Rick talked about this um, in the, the podcast you did with him last year is um, if your name is on the headstock, then, you know, yeah, that's so your guitar, right? I'm, not, I'm be... not sure if we mentioned it, but um, we're talking yeah, about Rick yeah, no. Rick from Pure Salem. Uh, super great guy and former guest. And that's, that's who you're referring to when you say Rick. Yeah. Yes. So for everybody else out there. Yeah, Rick's a good dude. Rick, Rick is awesome. Yeah, he's uh, he's um, he's helped me out a lot uh, with our new venture specifically. Um, I haven't brought that up yet, um, but uh, just just his knowledge, like he's he's been doing Pure Salem since uh, 2013. Which uh, the listen to the podcast when he's on, he said he's like a new guy, but I almost consider like 10 years in this industry. A, you know, I'd call him a veteran at this point. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think you know he he took a unique path. There's one other brand, two other brands I can think of that are kind of doing the same path, the same, which is being a an import focused brand and not actually manufacturing yourself, um, but being a design yeah. firm essentially. Um, yeah. And at the time when he was doing starting that out, that journey out, that was almost unheard of. Um, you know, Reverend Guitars had just switched to that. Eastwood was a thing, but they weren't as well known as Eastwood is now. And then he was starting out doing that. And, uh, you know, now I think he thinks of himself as just as like, yeah, I'm just this small operation. Because outside of him and his wife, I don't know if there's anybody in North America really doing much with with the company or is involved the way he is. Um, Everybody's over in, in... Korea is where his stuff's been made. Yeah. Um, but he is becoming a pretty decent sized brand in the market and he just doesn't see himself that way. <laughs> well, he's a, he's a humble guy. Cause um, yeah, I mean, I think his stuff's awesome. And um, kind of like when I was starting Woodbine, I was looking at companies like pure Salem and, and a few others. Um, you know, they just kind of scratch that itch for stuff you, you'd like to see, right? Like, yeah. I was always coming up with these, like, concept guitars in my head that um, didn't exist. And, you know, I, I just think, like, wow, wouldn't it be cool if something like this existed? Like, um, our, our Switchblade model is basically a hybrid between a, a Fender Jaguar and a Gibson SG um, which, uh, which is, is so epically cool. By and, and the guitar I was going to bring up cause <laughs> damn, I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. Any questions on that or, well, we'll let you finish your, where yeah, you yeah. Go first. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that <laughs> one's all over the place here. That one's um, on the docket. Oh yeah. Welcome to the culture guitar, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, with Rick, I mean, he was just a big, uh, inspiration as far as like, seeing new stuff, right? Like I'm a big fan of Gibson and Fender as far as their legacy goes, not necessarily current business decisions, but um, just what they've got, like, you know, they are the birth of rock and roll as far as guitars go. Like nobody can deny that. Right. Like um, it's, it's just the truth. Right. But um, yeah, I just seemed like, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that is also, um, that is also a bit of an anchor on them as, as well, though. You know, they can't stray too far from what they're known for because then everybody gets up in arms. Um, but also, they don't want to stray too far from it because, well, they don't want to risk the golden goose. There's something about innovation in a sane direction that's, yeah. you know, and, and like you can think about the, not to get too focused in on the, the Gibson thing or the Gibson period full stop um you know to to some of the the end of the Henry J stuff was just just silly yeah we've said it a bazillion yeah. times on the show like the forcing robot on everything was just such a wildly stupid mistake that's not new ground for anybody it's, it's a that. great way to lose a lot of customers really quickly because yeah. like yep. you got it like number one thing is you gotta listen to what your customers are telling you I mean obviously you might get some off the wall requests that aren't even 
I've got some, you know, bizarre stuff and it's like, I'm going to have to hire, hire a team of scientists and engineers to do what you want me to do, buddy. But like, you know, for the most part, uh, yeah, you just got to listen to your, uh, you know, <laughs> the people who like your stuff, what they'd like to see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was, I, I, I think it would have been a very different story if the robot stuff had been like a, Hey, instead of this, you can, you can like this, you can have this. I think it would have sold a lot less of them because why would people choose that? But uh, I don't think they would have faced any anger. It wouldn't have hurt (laughs) them so deeply. No. Yeah. I'm all for, you know, trying new things. It's just, you know, they kind of force it on everybody when nobody wanted it. And, um, um, yeah, it's just, uh, that was, that was a low point for them for sure. So I think it kind of brings around like back to, um, independent builders like yourself, um, and others it's, uh, and say like Rick at Pure Salem for, for example, as well is innovation in a, in a direction that is, I mean, maybe not force feeding something that's absurd or that could be viewed as absurd, but giving grounds for familiarity and innovation that, that builds business, not tanks it. But I think when, yeah. you're, when you're an independent brand like Woodbine, yeah, or like you know, real Rick at Pure Salem, um, you can go out and make the most absurd thing in the universe. That's and true. I don't think anybody's going to hold it over your heads because you, you know, yeah, they didn't have a poster of Hendrix or Page with your robot in their hands, and <laughs> and they're not expecting that from yeah. You know, it's it's a whole different ball of wax. I. I think Fender has done things pretty carefully where they'll just introduce like a new line. Like, Hey, it's the pawn shop series. Hey, look at these paranormal. I got to give up. Like, I kind of really like the paranormal series. Yeah. They're fun. They're fun. Um, but they didn't mess with the core stuff. No. Right? So I think, you know, they got away with it. Um, back when Gibson. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if it's, yeah, if it's just, uh, if it's just like a novelty sort of thing. Yeah. Um, like you yourself for it. have a guitar of the week or had a guitar of the week SG. Um, yeah. And you still own it? No, I sold it um, a while back, but actually, crushing her. Now that you sold an SG, you that, who does that? Yeah, but I'm probably gonna build myself at some point um, a woodbine version of that exact guitar. I just yes. gotta get the pickups from it somehow. Yeah, because um, uh, I actually had two of the guitar of the weeks. I had their. Um, it's like their SG custom with like the kind of brownish reddish finish and the yeah. the white gold uh the white pick guard and the gold uh hardware yeah and uh that was my main guitar for years um i I sold both of those to fund woodbine (laughs) okay well Well, that's all right yeah we'll give you a pass but i'm gonna make i'm gonna make those exact two guitars again but they're gonna be woodbine versions nice but you know when gibson was doing the guitar of the week thing and you know the next year the guitar of the month thing People were, we, everybody, I I was working at the, at Long, it wasn't Long McQuaid then, but uh, I was working at the music shop then and everybody was just loving it. We were all eating it up because it wasn't, yeah. you know, all the Gibson core stuff was still the Gibson core stuff, but it was just every week or every month, there was something wild and cool coming down the pipe that you just were like, what the heck is they this? Did, they did guitar of the week? Yeah. They didn't actually do 52. I, think I was going to put out 47, but. But still. Yeah. 47 abnormal models in yeah, yeah and it was about yeah, 400 yeah. 400 of each i believe right yes sir you're correct that's wild that's a lot of yeah. 
That's a lot of variation. So for... some of them were were like really wild, and yeah, some yeah. of them were less wild. Yeah, um, just but... stuff you don't normally see, um, like cool ideas. And yeah. that was honestly like sort of one of the inspirations for Woodbine. Like when uh, you know I came up with my uh, green, let's call it double cut. <laughs> we all know what it is. It's an SG. Um, but I just you know we all love the SGs here. And, um, you know, when I think SG, I think, okay, uh, cherry red with, uh, Chrome hardware, right? Like that's the, that's the one, you know, that's the one. Um, so I'm thinking, well, I love SGs, but I want to do something that, you know, is a little bit different. Right. And that's when I thought like, say cherry, let's do that. Let's do like, let's do a trans finish, but let's do the opposite of red. Let's do green. And instead of chrome hardware, let's do gold, like green and gold colors of money, basically, is kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> and uh, oh, it, 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 you crushed it, dude. I, the first time I saw this thing on your Instagram, I was just like, oh, yes, sir. Uh, it plays well, too. So, um, yeah, I gave that thing to Brent Hines from Mastodon. Um, I gave Bill Kelleher a Les Paul, too, that. Uh, that was made around the same time. Um, and they both love them. Um, Bill's got his ESP contract. So I don't think he plays it as live as much. I think, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I, usually they have some kind of agreement where they got to play their yeah. contractual guitars a certain amount. But, um, but uh, Brent, I, I think he's still with Epiphone. He was with Epiphone when, um, when I gave him this guitar, but he, you never see him up there with his Epiphone. He's uh, this green SG I gave him. He's still playing it like five years later for at least like a third of his set. And they've got a lot of different tunings and, uh, and whatnot. So it's uh, quite an honor that he's still rocking that thing and loving it. And uh, there's, there's lots of really good footage out there of him doing some solos on it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool artist get in my opinion. Yes, sir. Yeah, he's uh without sounding too uh fanboyish here, but uh yeah, he's he's one of my favorite guitar players of all time. Like I've sat down with uh, you know, Mastron's songs and I've just like woodshedded uh some of his solos. Like so, some I can almost do and some are harder than others, but like yeah, I've just tried to take what I can from his guitar playing abilities and incorporate it in my own sound. Mm. I loved, I, I I don't think a lot of people liked the movie. I, I actually kind of did, but um, Jonah Hex. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, there's the soundtrack that they did for that movie was so good. And it kills me that the, the released soundtrack is like five tracks and uh, like probably 60% of the music on that movie is not on the soundtrack. Um, well, I've never seen it. What's it about? Who's in it? Uh, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin is Jonah Hex. It's actually after a, a graphic novel. Yeah, it's a DC yeah. Comics character. DC? I think, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's it's dark and dirty. It's got to be DC. It's it's different. It's about, it's like set in the Old West and about a cow. I think he's a boy, bounty uh, hunter. Bounty, bounty hunter dude. He's a bounty hunter, like, I think. Been semi- Raised back from the yeah, dead. Yeah, he's not dead, but he's he sort of died, but he's not dead. Yeah. And he can speak with the dead. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's different. It's actually really good. It's hard to explain. <laughs> if if I had, you know what, it's funny that you brought that up because it's one of those movies I actually enjoy. Well, I've probably seen it probably five or ten times. 
I've watched it a few too. Yeah, it's yeah. good. I it's just it. a good show. Yeah. It kind of um, gives you the uh the good, the bad, and the ugly vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So it's funny, you like that. You like Jonah Hex. Yeah. But you don't like the Mandalorian, which no, is also Mandalor- like the Western, like long drawn out things. Mandalorian is terrible in my opinion. That's my opinion personally. I didn't like it. <laughs> and I am a Star I'm a Star Wars fan. Boy, nerd. Couldn't get into the Mandalorian. Oh, I loved it. It was one of the, one of the best things that happened to the series, in my, my opinion. Um, anyway. I like. I gotta say, I like the the Mandalorian. My son and my son loves it. He's like right at the Star Wars age. Oh, Everything yeah. he yeah, owns man. is like, is, he's got a Star Wars toothbrush, <laughs> a Star Wars bed set. It's like the the amount of money that Star Wars sucks at a woodbine. <laughs> I should be getting some kind of rebates or something. Uh, that's a good age, man. That's the age where you can actually enjoy the prequels and all the stupid recent trilogy movies. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm a, I'm an old I'm really only like the old school stuff and I think the Mandalorian's okay, but um I'm kind of disappointed about some of the other stuff. Um but you know, it's that's, it's, that's it's for the kids, well, yeah. right? He 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 loves it. He's excited no matter what, and I'm just happy to watch it with him. So yeah. So let's get back to you know guitars, because um, <laughs> I'll, I'll well, you us. you got us on Jonah Hex master. I know it's my fault, I, and I'm admitting that it's my fault. But I'm also admitting that unchecked, I will keep us talking about comic books and sci-fi. Yeah, for the next three hours. And I actually really like Pedro Pascal too. Just saying. Yeah. As an actor, great. guy's great. Um, so. Narcos. Oh, okay. So no, good. stop it. <laughs> You're the Al this episode. Yeah, no, no, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting back in it. You, you call it the switchblade? Oh God, I yeah, love this guitar. Yeah, so that's my, um, yeah, like I said, that's. Um, Cause I gotta be honest. If somebody had come to me in a, in a dark alley and was like, Hey man, you want to buy a guitar? Like, oh, yeah. Of course, like of course I do. Too. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> well, this one's a Is that really what you're doing it's in a dark alley? Yeah, listen, you it's don't all want to in dark alleys. <laughs> let's not get into that. That's a different podcast, and it's definitely not true. Uh, anyway. He'll give you his OnlyFans you know, later. Yeah, this guitar is... Uh, <laughs> so we're just mysterious guitar sellers. Like, yeah, this guitar is... Uh, it's a... It's a, it's a baby. It's, it, it's the baby of an SG and a Jaguar. And I would immediately be like, no, I'm good. See you later. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I would have been wrong because I'm looking at the switchblade and I've, you know, and I've eyeballed this thing on your Instagram. I don't even know how many times uh, a week or two, two or three dozen for me uh, like, a week or two ago when, when I was describing it to Casper for the first time, it was definitely like, you don't understand. It sounds stupid, <laughs> but it works. Um, it's like tobacco. What? What? It's, oh, uh, tobacco. The Simpsons. The Simpsons reference. It's, oh, man. That's where they put tobacco and tomatoes, and everybody hates it, but they get like really addicted to it. <laughs> yeah. That's a Simpsons reference. I have not watched a lot of Simpsons, but I remember that one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the switchblade. How did, where did this come from? Like, well, it came um, from a Jaguar. Basically, it's, just, um, it's like this principal being like, explain yourself, young man. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, well, as I stated before, uh, SG is probably my favorite guitar. Um, but I've always had a thing for um, Jaguars, right? I ordered um, body and a neck uh, from Warmoth for a Jaguar. Um, and I was going to custom build it, and I never got around to it. Um, and I, I ended up selling it. Um, 
And so, yeah, um, always just like the two and then, uh, kind of just had the idea of like, okay, let's do an offset SG, uh, is kind of how it started out. Um, and then I was, you know, thinking like, what am I going to, it just kind of looked like sort of like the, uh, LTD Viper SGs, uh, that are slightly offset. And I was like, ah, oh, this, this isn't really going anywhere. Um, see, and I gotta be honest, honest, I actually don't like those. Yeah. I, when I, yeah, when I first no. saw the Viper shape, I was like, no, how did they get, how did this go wrong? Like, did, yeah. It's some so, it's, okay, so, what I did. So, so those look like they made it out of wax and then warmed it up too much. It's, it's like, it's, uh, yeah, cause like you look no, at SG and it's, cause it's not quite, it's not quite, um, offset an offset. Yeah. Right. Well, you yeah. look so at I the, like, I leaned it sexy and mm. you look at these Vipers and it's like, what happened? Mm-hmm. So I leaned into the offset a little bit more. Like I started getting fender, uh, lines and stuff from, yeah. from some, uh, some schematics and I kind of just molded it and shaped it till I had like, it was definitely an offset and it, it was basically an offset with SG horns. And, um, I made the spacing between the horns, um, you know, even more dramatic than the, what they'd be on an SG, right? Like they, mm-hmm. they sort of corresponded to, um, you know, where, where they would be, um, if it was a Jaguar, right? Like spacing wise. So I kind of just, I spent an entire summer, um, just going back and forth and tweaking it and trying out things. And like, there's like, you know, I've got a hard drive with like a bunch of iterations of it that, um, you know, I just wasn't sure about. I gotta um, imagine that, that hard drive full of iterations, you know, in the scene in alien resurrection, when they wander into the room and they see all the failed clones. Oh, yeah. Organs on the outside. And then the one is like, kill me. I haven't seen that movie in like, <laughs> oh, my God. So probably since it came out. Yeah. The Winona Ryder was an, an uh, automaton or an Ottawa or whatever they call it. She was the, yeah, the android. Yeah, android. Thing. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to watch that again. Sorry. Rabbit trail. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, something like that. Just all these uh, failed attempts. And I was like, kind of got to a point where I was like, I was just going to scrap it. And then I got into the hardware, right? And that's where I got like the, decided to do the, um, the aluminum plates that Jaguars are kind of famous for. I was, you know, I'm like, hey, what if I have them correspond to the horns? And like, as soon as I did that and, and got the pick guard out, I was like, holy crap, right? Um, it kind of just, you know, I knew it was a winner the second I got it together like that. Um, and then it was just um, deciding what I was going to do with the headstock. Originally, I had just stuck like, um, and this was kind of an influence from Pure Salem, um, but I didn't want to rip those guys off too much, but they were putting Fender Starcaster headstocks on that telly they do. I think it's called like the Betty or something. Mm. Um, and I really like the look of it. I, th- I think the Starcaster looked really cool, right? The headstocks. And um, so I, I drafted one up on there and it just didn't quite look right. Um, I'm just thinking like, should I like all these other designs I could do? And it's like, Hmm. So what I did is, um, you think about a Starcaster headstock. It's kind of got like that little part on the side that dips down a bit. And usually it's painted or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm like, what if I just have just cut that whole part off and just have, 
the other thing. And like usually fender styles, there's no angle on the headstock. It kind of just slopes down and you've got the headstock. Right. And, uh, one of the other things with this guitar is I was trying to take fender specs and Gibson specs and merge them as much as possible. I was going to ask you, where'd Uh, you end up with that scale length? Yeah, that was was like 24. We'll we'll get into that in a bit. So, um, (laughs) yes, let's nerd. uh, Let's nerd. (laughs) We'll do it. it. We'll do it. Um, yeah. So, I'm like, well, it's, I don't want to just copy a fender part on there. So I, I um, remove the, the edge of it, right? So it's kind of like a new shape now but, that you can still see in the, the Starcaster design. But Starcasters, are, the heads are flat, right? I'm like, well, I want to do this more Gibson style with like an angled headstock. So then I just I put like a, uh, I think it was like a 13.5 degree headstock angle on there. Oh, wow, you're and, a real Gibson uh, with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I think they were like so, a, 11 on some and 17 on others, depending on the, the era. Yeah. 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 We make them a little bit less. Um, 17, we find, and we do this with all the guitars. Um, it's just a little bit. Breaky. <laughs> yeah. It's just a little bit too much. It doesn't, it doesn't really need to be that, um, have that much angle on it to get ideas. Some people actually think that the string tension is too much because of, that uh, headstock angle, but yeah, so we uh, we put the angle on the Starcaster style headstock. And then I came up with this truss rod cover uh, with our wood, with our woodbine logo inlaid on it, and um, and it just seemed to work for me. Some people hate it. <laughs> I've got I've got messages that oh, this guitar is so cool. You should just change the headstock. But then the people who um, like the headstock, love it. And they're like, no, don't you dare change it. It's perfect. So that's fine by me, right? Like you're going to have conjecture on well, I mean, everything. Yeah. There, nobody likes every guitar, right? So you can't please everybody. I think it's, yeah, you can't please everybody. And, you know, if, um, I think there'll be a cult following for that guitar for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan. I mean, I got to be honest, if I, if I, if I were in a position to be buying one of your guitars right now, I'd probably be looking at you to be like, excuse me, sir, uh, silver burst, uh, less yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I, I quite love it. And I'm not always fond of people messing with my precious SG shapes. So, mm. <laughs> so you went with, uh, humbuckers, obviously. Um, and now that was probably SG. Uh, oriented and and not so much Jaguar, but the rhythm circuit and the selector switches. Now, is that, um, is that a similar? Exactly. So it works exactly like a Jaguar, like a two humbucker Jaguar. Um, I was, uh, sort of aesthetically kind of keeping in mind the, uh, Fender, uh, Kurt Cobain Jaguar. Um, which is actually what the pickups there, the DiMarzio pickups that, um, that Kurt used for that. The Jagstang, Jagstang or, yeah. or uh... not the Jagstang, but the, the Jaguar that Kurt. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the Jagstang was ugly. <laughs> <laughs> my opinion. I, I, uh, I, I know a lot of Nirvana fans and they all love that Jagstang. So I, what, I teach them. I don't see what's wrong with it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. He was definitely on heroin when he was drawing it. 
<laughs> that much we can be sure. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that was just curious because uh, a lot of people with the the um, the jazz master circuit that 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 um, whatever you want to call it the the jazz circuit it gets kind of dark, and so um, you know, pairing that with the with the humbuckers would kind of get a little darker. And I was wondering if that was if there was any EQ built into that to kind of. Um, no, basically we, we wired it. Um, well, I mean, Fender, Fender's done lots of jags with humbuckers. Mm-hmm. I think, I think today more, more often than not, they have humbuckers yeah. and single coils. Um, and wiring is kind of, wiring is kind of Paul's domain. I'll kind of just tell him what guitar it should be wired like, and he'll find the schematic and do it and let me know if there's any problems. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's just basically, it was wired exactly like a fender jag with, uh, two humbuckers. Um, and yeah, I went with the, with the two, uh, Cobain inspired Demarzio pickups, um, just for the look and the sound, but he's, he, um, he doesn't have the three-way switch thing. He just, he would have, he'd turn that into the toggle or whatever, for whatever reason. And, um, yeah, so we're not like super set on um, on our wiring though. Like we're just we're still experimenting, and like if people want custom stuff, we're willing to try pretty much anything if it's you know possible. Um, so like, no LED and smoke machines. Probably <laughs> not anytime soon. But uh, no, I, I there's you know I've I've got. A head full of ideas constantly. Like, like I saw somebody, uh, they, they turned, uh, a Jaguar into like a MIDI keyboard. Um, they, they, t- they took these like arcade buttons a and hooked it up to like a progression. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if somebody asked me to do that, I'd have to say no, just because I do not have the capabilities to do something like that. But, um, you know, in the future, I'm all for trying wacky stuff like that. I think at at some point too, um, and this goes back to my innovation comment earlier. There's a, there's a you got to draw a line in the sand somewhere to stay within your brand a little bit. You know, something yeah. has to kind of anchor you in reality. And uh, uh, I think uh, a beatboxing, uh, whatever beatbox. Fan, the, you know, the, remember the beatbox thing we talked about? It's the little cardboard oh, the rhythm, thing. The rhythmo beatbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking so, uh, beatboxing like the traditional like dude. No, no, like the rhythmal beatbox. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> um, equipped guitar of, of some kind, you know, it would be uh, one of those one-off things. And I don't think it would stay on brand for, for most outfits, especially a, a uh, an independent builder. Yeah, probably not. I have had to say no to a lot of stuff where it's just... Uh... I don't know, just too out of my wheelhouse. And uh, I feel bad having to say no to potential clients. It's like, you know, it's often it's like, it's not that I don't want to take it on. It's just like, I don't know if I have the abilities to, it's like they want me to learn like three other things um, in order to make a build work, right? So yeah, I do have to say no a lot of the time. No, you say yes to everything and you end up, uh, you're going to end up hating your life. You're just going to end up at a point where I think where you're, at the end of an alley with no exit, and you're, just, you're gonna be in a, you're gonna have a problem soon, sooner or later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd like a double neck that could convert from fretted to fretless and uh, full MIDI capability 
And it's got a full, it's got a fold up and fit in a backpack. Yeah. yeah. But, I, but I also want to have two Floyd roses on each neck. Like, can you do that? <laughs> yeah. Yuck. Um, someone probably can. I won't. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the emails I just don't even reply to anymore. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> um, but, uh, so before we, uh, you know, do our traditional unceremonious hand here, um, where do people best find you? Uh, just woodbuyingguitars.com. Um, we've got a Facebook page. I, I need to sync that to the, the Instagram so it updates automatically. We're not super active on Facebook just because it doesn't seem like we're getting – Facebook just kind of seems to be, like, dying. But then just uh, – uh, wood buying guitars on Instagram is probably the best place. Awesome. Dude, Shay, man. Um, I can't thank you enough for your time, dude. I'm, I'm really stoked we got to have you on the show. Uh, I've been yeah, thank- on the show for a long time. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so there you go, folks, check them out, follow them on uh, the social medias, you know, on Facebook too, if you really want to be generous, but definitely on Instagram and, uh, send them a nice message saying how handsome he is and how awesome it is that he was on the show. <laughs> And we'll uh, we'll see you all next week, everyone.